This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, in the run-up and aftermath of the 2016 election, we saw black-clad and masked Antifa thugs in the streets attacking Trump supporters and any other peaceful citizen who happened to cross their path. And in these current protests, we've once again seen Antifa mobilized to turn these demonstrations into riots complete with arson, looting, and violence directed mainly at the police. In the presence of these extremist organizations such as Antifa, Uh, We have seen that the Department of Justice is mobilized. Yesterday, the Attorney General held a news conference where he pointed out that uh, his office intends to pursue Antifa with criminal charges. As I told the governors on Monday, we understand the distinction between three different sets of actors here. The large preponderance of those who are protesting are peaceful demonstrators who are exercising their First Amendment rights. At some demonstrations, however, there are groups that exploit the opportunity to engage in such crimes as looting. And finally, at some demonstrations, there are extremist agitators who are hijacking the protests to pursue their own separate and violent agenda. We have evidence that Antifa and other similar extremist groups, as well as actors of a variety of different political uh, persuasions, have been involved in instigating and participating in the violent activity. And we are also seeing foreign actors playing all sides to exacerbate the violence. Well, to talk about this now, we're joined by Ben Bergwam. Ben, pronounce your last name for me, please. Uh, you got it pretty close, Burkwan. Burkwan. He's an investigative journalist and a national field correspondent for America's Voice News. Ben covers everything from border security to the assaults on our First and Second Amendment rights to so-called sanctuary cities and the rise of democratic socialism. Ben has had a front row seat from his home there in the Republic of, People's Republic of California to the rise of the Antifa movement, and he's joining us now to talk about that. Ben, thanks for joining us pleasure to be honest with you, Jim. So, um, you know, Antifa had sort of uh, uh, gone underground for about a year, uh, and we hadn't seen them. But uh, as soon as these these latest protests started, we started seeing them showing up uh, with their, you know, uh, black clothing and, and masks and carrying umbrellas and uh, that they used as weapons and, and other uh, clubs and, uh, you know, inciting violence and riot uh, by breaking windows and inciting the crowd. Uh, you saw a lot of that uh, in there in California and Berkeley and, uh, and Oakland and other 
Bay Area cities. Tell us what you uh, witnessed and what you know about Antifa. Yeah, I've uh, I've met them many times, many different ones. I've got 13 stitches in my head uh, from my first interaction with them in Berkeley, and uh, have been you know assaulted multiple times since then at different events from Washington D.C. and Texas and and all over the country. They're they're everywhere. Uh, they're mobilized. They're coordinated. They're well funded, and they're evil punk thugs. Um, we've got, you know, really what they are is a, is a, it's a combination, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag and a combination of anarchists, Marxist communists, uh, who really just hate America, hate order, the rule of law, um, you know, being told what to do. And uh, in onesies and twosies, they're, they're scared little, little kids when they turn into 50 on one, then they, they build some courage and they, you know, can do some damage. And so what, that's what we've seen there uh, really were mobilized. And, and one of the things people need to understand too, is they're not this you know, separate isolated group that uh, attacks uh, on their own and, and, you know, does their own thing. They are coordinated with other groups in America, the democratic socialists of America, and really with the democratic party, uh, many in the democratic party, they, they've basically become the brown shirts uh, for the far left wing of the Democratic Party. And so depending on what's going on and what message needs to be spread or what message they're trying to silence, they're mobilized. And we saw that with the 2016 election. And they were out even before President Trump was inaugurated. And that was really my first interaction with them uh, during that lead up to the election and then the following the election. And that's their, their entire purpose is to intimidate you, intimidate America into compliance, into, you know, into silence. And that's what we're seeing now. So you, what, what they are is, is they're an organization of opportunity. And so anytime there is something that they can capitalize to push their message or to push their hatred, their, their, their intimidation, uh, that's when you see them come out. So for, you know, 2016, 2017, we, they were heavy, uh, especially on the uh, east and west coast. We were out at several different rallies. And what was nice in that time was we saw the rise of the, like you said, the um, American nationalist movement. And not to be confused with the white nationalist movement. Uh, I'm an American nationalist. I put America first. Every American should be an American nationalist. Agreed. That means you love America first. It's it's. Our home, it's our country, it's the place that uh, our children and our grandchildren are going to be raised, doesn't matter what color your skin is, this should be the place that you put first. And so we, um, we saw a rise of patriots across America, of all skin colors, of all, both, of all two genders, coming out and saying, we're done with this, and started actually standing up to Antifa. And that was the first time we had seen that in mass across the country, and what it turned into was a, kind of a small taste of, uh, of almost like a micro civil war in some uh, counties or uh, states like Oregon and down in Portland and Berkeley and San Francisco and, and, and other places. And what was interesting, it, when it first started, they were able to hide behind the cloak of, oh, we're anti-fascists. And, and basically what that means to them is anything that we don't like we deem it as fascist. So President Trump is a fascist. If you uh, carry an American flag, you're a fascist. If you love this country, you're a fascist. And, and basically it's a catch-all for anything. It's like, like now, a racist. 
anybody who, if you're, you know, right now, if you're white and you're not a liberal supporting violent riots, then you're a racist. If you're, uh, if, if you don't support a woman's right to lie about being raped, then you're a sexist. So it's, it's all of these things like we saw with Kavanaugh. Um, so we're, we, you know, they're used for that purpose. And what was interesting though, when they first came out, was you had people like Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying, oh, they're, you know, supporting them. Oh, these, these great anti-fascists out here in San Francisco. We had an event that was put on by my friend Will Johnson in part. Uh, he was a co-organizer of it. He's a black American. He's, he's dark-skinned, but he's an American. I hate when we separate people out, we divide them into African-American. We're all Americans. But he had this event scheduled, and she came out and actually said it was being organized by white supremacists and basically gaslighted it to invite Antifa to come out and, and be violent. Now, they showed up and basically burned down Berkeley. Uh, the event ended up being canceled. A few patriots went out there. They got beat up, and uh, Berkeley was, was rioted. And she actually, that was the first time, she actually had to come back out and denounce Antifa. This was, I, I believe, it was in the, the, towards the end of 2017. Well, the mayor of Berkeley actually uh, turned a blind eye to it and uh, came out in support of Antifa himself. Yes. And then it came out that he had Facebook posts in support right. of Antifa, and this is—we've seen this again and again in Berkeley and Oakland and and uh, yep. Portland and Seattle—that uh, these mayors uh, refuse to uh, take any action. These mayors and uh, and uh, attorney, uh, local attorneys, district attorneys refuse to take any action against these people. So they've had a free run, and at the same time, if uh, if anybody tries to oppose them, uh, they're immediately charged with assault and uh, and right. thrown in jail. Right. Yeah. In fact, I was uh, that the time that the Berkeley mayor said that that's when I was assaulted and there was a line of cops. He actually had the police stand down in Berkeley. There was a line of 30 police officers standing there as I was getting beat over the head with sticks and and they did nothing. Now, thankfully, since then, because we've been able to show you know, who they really are, that started to change. And so they went dormant for several months. Uh, after they were exposed for not being anti-fascist, just being violent anti-American. And so we that was kind of the, the lull that we've uh, seen over the last several months when actually Nancy Pelosi had to come out and say, uh, you know, this action is not acceptable. And so they, they went into hiding. And, and, and But you need to under, I mean, America needs to understand this. They do the bidding of the Democratic Party and of the, le- of the far left. They, well, so the far we, left is sort of the heart and soul and the driving ideology behind the Democrat Party at this point. It's the base. It's the base. So they are the henchmen. They are the they are the you know the fist of the Democratic Party. When you see that fist in the air, that is the Democrats. So whether that's the Democratic mayor of Berkeley or Nancy Pelosi or Gavin Newsom here in California or anywhere across the country, that that's they are. It's one and the same. It's this idea of intersectionality they call it now so whatever organization you're with whatever ideology you have if you're on the left you're you stand together and that goes up all the way up to the leftist activist judges that we have uh, down to cnn and msnbc and the reporting that we have across the country all connected they all work together to push the agenda and to really it's it's to undermine america is the bottom line well, I want to talk about the origins of Antifa in Europe, uh, but I, I, before we um, just get on from their violence uh, there on the left coast, uh, I think one of the most stark illustrations of their tactics uh, was at that, uh, I think it was in San Francisco or or Berkeley, but uh, that, that professor, uh, assistant adjunct professor out there, was running around the streets with a, a bike lock cracking people on the head 
And they had him yeah. on video. Uh, one of the protesters was kneeling in the street trying to open a dialogue uh, with the leftists. And he um, he stepped out of the crowd unannounced, you know, uh, without any warning and busted this guy's head open. And uh, and the local district attorney out there drugged this out for months and months. And the last I, uh, I was aware of it, he had had the charges dropped or downgraded with him and didn't, uh, didn't serve any time in jail at all. That's right. Yeah. He pled down to basically nothing and, and it just went away. That was, what was his easily, name? You could, uh, I'm drawing a blank on it right Me now. Too. I can see his face. Uh, it, it was the same day. It was, it but that, was that's the kind of activity that just emboldens these people. They think there are going to be no consequences uh, for, I mean, that Absolutely. was assault with a deadly weapon. That, that man could have uh, very well died. That's right. It, it could have been attempted murder. It absolutely was assault with a deadly weapon, and he should have spent uh, years in jail. I mean, that, that kind of behavior, as soon as you allow that, and that's what we're seeing in America. Right now, we have, you know, they talk about uh, you, uh, privilege. You know, they, they use this white privilege and, and as a justification to, you know, to basically just attack America and attack the foundation of this country and, and, and say whatever they want. Really what we have in America is uh, wealthy liberal privilege. Anybody who can be represented and, and politically correct privilege. If you're on the right side of the political spectrum in the right place and you've got the right judge on your side, you can get away with just about anything now. If you're on the other side of that, and I've, I've experienced that. I was actually assaulted in Texas in a liberal – I was out there uh, at the uh, Clint Border Patrol station – when they were rioting, saying that, you know, they're holding kids in cages and all of these lies. I'd actually toured the facility the day before. I went out to one of the protests that was going on out there just to counter it. And I said, if you support open borders, you support the cartels. I was assaulted by a Telemundo cameraman. And ultimately, I got charged with assault because a CNN cameraman said that I assaulted him. And so I'm still actually battling that through Texas right now. But it's actually to the point where you – you are not only protected, if you're on the opposite side of it, you, you, you can actually get the charges. And so it's just, we are living in a, a very scary time. Upside down history. world. Yep. Yes. Well, and it's, it really comes down to, we don't have equal justice under the law. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And so when you have, you know, we're having these protests all over the country for George Floyd, that should be the message. It, you know, George Floyd deserves justice, but. So does everybody else in this country, and we're not seeing it. And it's not because of the color of your skin. It's because we don't have equal justice under the law because our, our legal system has been hijacked. Ben, we got to take a break. I hope you can stick with us through the break, and uh, we'll talk about the origins on the other side. Absolutely. Mojo. I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required for mobile. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. 
Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Mojo. And we're talking with Ben Burkwan. He's an investigative journalist with America's Voice News. We're talking about Antifa. And uh, they are the riot-prone, uh, violent organization that has taken root in this country. They've got literally scores of chapters across this nation. They're allowed to organize and and uh, agitate on uh, social media, including Facebook and Twitter, while they continue to take down any uh, any voices uh, on the right that uh, they happen to disagree with. They allow Antifa to organize uh, these incitements to riot. Um. Ben, that uh, that bike locker attacker's name was Eric Clanton, and he ultimately got three years probation there for that uh, that uh, attempted murder uh, there in Berkeley, California, that was caught on tape. I want to talk to you a little bit about the the ideology and the origins of the Antifa movement. Um, we know that uh, the original uh, groups were from Europe, and uh, they were said to have been. Um, uh, Nazi fighters, uh, they they uh, they were uh, the communist side of the struggle between the Nazis and the communists. What most people don't realize is um, that the the communists, the side that they were representing, went on to uh, be responsible for the death of uh, about uh, twenty or twenty five million people there in Russia. So this uh, notion where they run around calling everybody a Nazi sort of hides the fact that, one, uh, they use Nazi brown shirt tactics, and two, they're identifying with a group that was uh, responsible for one of the biggest uh, genocides in history. What do you know about their ideology and what they hope to achieve by sowing anarchy? Yeah, no, that's it's a great point. Uh, you, you always hear that. They're anti-fascist. They call themselves anti-fascist. Well, in reality, they're you know, communism and fascism, it's two sides of the same coin. It's, it's which, which totalitarianism do you choose? And that's what they are. They, they are supporting a different form of totalitarianism or their original intention. You know, they, right now, most of them, when you interview them, and that's why I try to do that. Eric Clinton, I was actually looking that up over the break as you did. The reason he was out there, the reason he swung that bike lock was because the left can't allow dialogue because when dialogue occurs, they lose. And so Antifa, their sole purpose is to put fear into anyone who is willing to have a rational conversation to try to prevent the, the competition in the arena of ideas. Because it, when that happens, when that occurs, they lose. socialism, communism, and fascism, they all lose. That's why America is the greatest country in the history of the world. Our free market, we used to be a free market uh, capitalist country. Now we're, you know, quasi-corporate uh, uh, capitalists. We're, you know, there's, there's fascism in, in certain places. There's socialism in certain places. But ultimately, Antifa's primary objective is to silence dissent. And they do that through fascist tactics. I mean, like you said, what they're doing, and I'll be out there, when, when you're trying to silence people with violence, that is, that's the tactics of a fascist. That's exactly what they did, the brown shirts did in, in uh, Germany. And so, but whether or not they're you know, supporting communism, and now a lot of them support anarchy, which is, you know, again, it, choose your dictator because that's what ends up happening coming out of it. You, you're either going to be a, 
a socialist or a communist, um, their their primary objective is just to silence you and to intimidate you into not showing up so that they can push the ideology that they want to push, whether that's uh, global climate action. You know, we've seen them used for these these climate protests to push the global warming agenda um, or to now we're seeing this with the Black Lives Matter movement across America being used to silence anyone that would come out there and, and ask questions uh, you know, maybe maybe there's problems in the inner city that don't involve police brutality. Maybe there's things that we can do that don't involve abolishing the police in our justice system. As soon as you start asking those questions, that's when the violent arm of the Democratic Party comes out. And- you know what's funny about it is they, they like to style themselves, and they're out in the streets cosplaying as revolutionaries, and, uh, and they want to overthrow the man. The, the reality is uh, the man is them. Uh, the, the leftists control so many of the big institutions in our country, including education. Uh, in, in California, they control the courts and, and the, uh, the seats of power at uh, the state house and, uh, and, and mayor's offices throughout the state and, and in, in the same case in uh, New York and many other East Coast cities. Uh, so this notion that they're somehow, you know, overthrowing the established order, they are the established order. They are the shock troops of the uh, leftist establishment that has taken over so many of the institutions in this country. So they uh, they like to think of themselves as revolutionaries when, in fact, they're just enforcers of the leftist status quo. Right. Well, and, and it's the same thing we saw, you know, with the Bolsheviks in, in Russia. They were used to to undermine the, the 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 czar and take over the country. What's ironic is in America, the, you've got the left, the media on the side of Antifa and the left. Well, who were the first people to die after the the Russian Revolution when communism takes over? It's anyone who who dares to speak their mind, to speak out against what's going on. You know, you saw that in some of those undercover videos that uh, Project Veritas captured of the Bernie Sanders campaign workers, the communist workers inside Bernie Sanders campaign that were saying the first thing we're going to do is line all these liberals up against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's unbelievable. You know, and you look at that, it's it's actually that, that, you know, the bed, the strangest bedfellows we have right now between you've got Antifa, you've got a complicit media who will be, like you said, the first ones lined up, but then they're also aligned with Islam in America which ultimately there's going to if, if any of them were to take over America, there would be a fight to the death between all of them because they can't they're, they're not compatible uh, and none of them are compatible ultimately with American Western ideology. But the, the the irony is that they're all used in conjunction. They're all coordinating and working together to destroy this country. And then, you know, you talk to them. I've, I've actually talked to a few of them. and It's like, well, what happens after you guys take over? And they're like, well, then. We'll see what happens then. And so it's it's basically my, my enemy's enemy is my friend. They have no plan uh, the for the future. Four. Wouldn't it be great if there was an island that we could send them all to and uh, and let them try to organize this? I think it's called Gitmo. <laughs> let them try to organize their, uh, their leftist ideology and see how well it works out for them. A lot of them are living, you know, in their parents' basement and uh, yeah. coming out, you know, dressing up. I guess they get a big thrill out of dressing up in all black. Uh, every time you've seen them go up against actual uh, patriots um, in the streets, they they end up running. Um, but as long as there are old ladies and uh, and you know uh, 
commentators like uh, Ann Coulter or uh, uh, Ben, oh, it's not Ben Stein, uh, Shapiro, Ben Shapiro uh, to attack. They're they're all for uh, that kind of thing. I saw a, a clip on YouTube where they were uh, going through fight training and and uh, you know <laughs> uh, learning how to attack people, um, you know, by gouging their eyes out and breaking their ribs. Well, I've seen a lot of videos, and uh, basically what they they do is get their butts kicked and uh, and start yeah. screaming for the police to bail them out. Yeah, at first they have to learn how to punch without a limp wrist, and you know that's the that's that's a tough thing for a lot of them. But no, they they are they're, they they scream about this, and this is this is one of my my pet peeves with the left in general, always demanding justice, always saying America is this terrible country. I've lived all over the world. My parents were missionaries in Africa, and I've seen what oppression really is. I've seen what desperation really is. I see what poverty really is. We don't really have it in America. We do if your parents are meth addicts and you've got no love in your home. I mean, there's places in America that look like third world countries. And actually now, even more so in, in these Democrat-run cities, uh, they do look like third world countries. But it is, it's, it is, it's sad that these people are out there saying America is this terrible place. They should absolutely be sent off. And this was one of those things. It's, you know, during the 2016 election, we had all these people come out and say, if, if President Trump wins, I'm leaving America. And I, man, good riddance. I wish they would have left. Obviously, none of them did because they know the people that most of the people that said that know that America is still the greatest country. You notice they always talk about going to Australia or Canada. They never say that they're going to go to Venezuela or Cuba or any of the places uh, where they actually have the systems of government that they're, they're uh, promoting. Right. Or they, they even say, you know, places in Europe, Scandinavia, where they call it socialist, which it's really not. The, 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 from an economic standpoint, they don't control the means of production over there. They have a lot of social programs, uh, which I, I still wouldn't want to live there because I don't want 80 percent taxes. But uh, but it is it is ironic that they never choose the, the supposed places that they are the ideologies that they believe in. Like you said, Venezuela, Cuba, China. Um, and but I do. I ask them all the time. I said, why is it that there's no example of a successful socialist or communist country ever you know, without massive bloodshed? And even with that, you know, you can look at genocide. They've even had to uh, open up their, their economy because they were failing. Russia failed because of that. It, and their answer is always it's so it's almost humorous. They, the, the answer I, I get every single time is, well, it just hasn't been done right. If we're the ones in power, then we'll, we'll be able to do it right. And the truth is, no, it's been done right every time. And that's the, the, that's the inevitable that result you had, uh, you had Bernie result. Sanders and, uh, and Sean Penn and all of these Hollywood leftists, uh, Daniel, Danny Glover running around praising, um, the dictator in Venezuela, uh, right up until the point where their economy collapsed and they had tanks in the streets putting down, uh, you know, the people. And then they, uh, they suddenly, uh, disappeared entirely. Hey, tell us what yep. you know about Antifa's involvement in these current protests slash riots. They're heavily, they're heavily involved uh, along with the other hundred or so groups, uh, that the left has, has created that, uh, George Soros has created. It's not just Antifa, but Really, Antifa is kind of a catch-all for the violent left in America. There is an organization. They are well-funded. They're all across America uh, that, that go by the name Antifa. They are a terrorist organization, but there's about 100 other ones that should be added to that. BLM is one of those as well. They, you know, BLM is basically just the rebranding of the Black Panthers. And, uh, and so they're, they are heavily involved with the violence that we see going on right now. 
this this uh, stupidity of saying that it's white supremacists going in there and and inciting these uh, and there could be there could be legitimate white supremacist groups out there that are that are mingling in and trying to do this but there's such a tiny fraction of of the the populace that they're really irrelevant but antifa for sure they're out there i've seen them all over the country we were in minneapolis uh three days ago uh well we're uh we're about to out of time i got one more question i want to ask you uh yep uh, do you think that the FBI uh, and other uh, law enforcement agencies have infiltrated this group, or have they uh, continued like the local police agencies to turn a blind eye to it? No, I think they have. We're starting to hear information coming out. Um, I, I believe Project Veritas, some of their work they've been doing, I believe they've probably been working with the FBI as well. Uh, I think they're going to start. It's going to start unraveling very soon. Ben Berkwan is an investigative journalist at America's Voice News. Ben covers everything from border security. Ben, where can we find you on the web? America's Voice News, uh, americasvoice.news, or frontlineamerica.com and any other social media. Frontlineamerica.com. Ben, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Jim. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatals.com to learn more.